0: Hey, I hope you had an incredibly Merry Christmas Sunday morning uh, as we're going through this as the redemption church. Originally, we just gathered and had the Christmas redemption sermon. We looked at the dark side of Christmas, now the Christmas redemption story. And I want to pick up where we left off in the text because Jesus has been born. Merry Christmas. But sometimes we stop short right after that, especially if you're my skeptical friend or if you're a brand new Christian and you watch the Charlie Brown special, you know about the shepherd and the angels and all that stuff, but you don't know what took place after that. You're going to meet two really incredible people, Simeon and And there's some incredible significance to their stories. I, I don't think they're taught nearly enough. I love these passages, these seldom taught passages. Here's the story of Simeon. It's in Luke chapter two, verse 25. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to Israel's consolation. And the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. That is a blessed and privileged man right there that the Holy Spirit of God just told him, you're gonna see the Messiah before you die. The text doesn't say when he got that revelation from God, but we learn about it here right before it's fulfilled. So it's possible that for years, he just knew the Messiah is imminent because I'm getting old. And God told me that I would see him before I die. Or do you think he struggled with doubt? And God said this, but it didn't look like it's gonna happen. You know, Abraham struggled with doubt and took matters into his own hands. But Simeon has been told by God, you're gonna see the Messiah. We don't know when he was told that. It could have been this morning or it could have been years prior. Either way, God had his hand on Simeon. His Holy Spirit was upon Simeon. Guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform for him what was customary under the law, all right, Luke uh, in his letter to Theophilus, see the opening verses of Luke's gospel, is being uh, is being very couthful here, uh, but he's writing to a man who, luckily, uh, with a with a Greek name like Theophilus, probably didn't know much of the Jewish customs. We saw in Luke's gospel the account of John the Baptist's birth of, uh, uh, and and how he's circumcised on the eighth day, and that's where that's where his, uh, That's where Zechariah is able to speak again, but now Jesus is circumcised. So he must be an eight day old baby at this point. Simeon took him up in his arms and praised God and said, now master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation. He's holding an eight day old baby. And he says, my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people, Israel. Man, Mary, when she hears from Gabriel and then she meets her fellow pregger cousin, Elizabeth, and John the Baptist leaps in her womb, she sings her song, the Magnificat. When Zechariah has his tongue loosed, what comes out is sometimes in the Latin Vulgate is referred to as the Benedictus, his song, and now here is Simeon's song. And and it has prophetic significance. He just foretold like the the whole rest of the New Testament story. He said something profound. He said something that within Orthodox Judaism is is actually quite offensive, that the Gentiles would be saved. Did you catch that? Now, master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation. You prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people Israel. So you can see that Israel is privileged within God's redemptive plan. They're God's Old Testament chosen people. But just like Simeon said, remember, he's filled with the Holy Spirit here, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. Isn't this what we talked about in our apologetic series, Reason for Hope? Like, man, if you could just, if you could just see what I see, if you could just see through the biblical worldview, if you could just see what it's like. God has given us revelation. This is revelational epistemology, that when we look through the Word of God, when we see Christ revealed, that He is the Word, the Logos, who has been since the beginning... When we look at the book of Revelation, it's called Revelation because it's a revelation of Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ revealed. And now we, at least I speak for myself, as a Gentile, now know, I can see, I can understand the promises of God. The covenant with Abraham is fulfilled. And it's not just an ethnocentric covenant. It never has been since Exodus, since Joshua. Now it's everyone who believes who is saved. People from every nation can be saved. That we'll be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That the Holy Spirit will come upon them and give them power. That they make disciples not just right there in Israel, but of all nations. What Simeon said is absolutely true. I'm a Gentile, son of a Gentile, sitting in Washington, which didn't exist yet at the time. I'm reading this text and I believe it. What Simeon said is true. He is a light for revelation. He's the Logos, he's primordial logic personified, the Word who was with God, who has been since the beginning, and he has revealed himself through his Word. As a result, we as Christians can actually be certain of things, not because of a contrived cyclical sense of certainty wherein we trust our logic and our reasoning on the basis of our logic and reasoning, No, because the one who knows everything revealed himself. Jesus, the Logos, revealed. I don't have to guess. God, the one who knows absolutely everything, has revealed himself. Simeon was right. The Holy Spirit, speaking through Simeon, was right. Jesus is a revelation. Now, look at verse 33. His father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and told his mother Mary, Indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed. And a sword will pierce your own soul, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. We'll talk about that a little bit more tomorrow, and you're going to meet Anna, who by her very name and the tribe, from which she's descended. All of these things have prophetic significance. But wow, what shocking words to say to a new mother. But for now, for today, can we just revel in the fact that we are in today, the fulfillment of exactly what Simeon spoke. This is traditionally known as the Nunc Dimittis. Mary sang the Magnificat, Zechariah gave the Benedictus, and Simeon gives the nunc dimittis. This is his divine prophecy, and I'm sitting in the fulfillment of it right now. And if you believe, and you're not of Jewish descent, then you believe too. If you are of Jewish descent, I hope you had a great Hanukkah, and I hope you celebrated Christmas too. I I love sitting in a fulfillment of the prophesied word of God. God prepared it in advance for all peoples. He's a light of revelation for the Gentiles. And there's glory for the people of israel he just like summed up the book of romans <laughs> god chose israel and his sovereign election of the descendants of jacob brought it about so that now people from all nations everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved i'm jesse campbell i hope that you've been blessed by our our, our series of devotions we've got a few more before the end of the year get ready because our study on first corinthians is beginning soon